And now, The Mentors, one of the most popular and unique shows on the radio today. Each week, one of our four remarkable CEOs, including Tom Lord, John Phillips, and Rick Brutico, will challenge your thinking about life and work. Sought after for their success and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor. Well, hello, and welcome to the Mentors Radio Show. I'm Rick Brutico, your mentor host for today, and I'm glad you joined us. This show promises to be very informative for every thinking, or should say clear thinking anyway, person. Today, we're going to speak with Michael Van Hecke, who after years teaching and being a headmaster, decided that the history books he was using had been rewritten and the history had been deleted, changed, or falsified. In this era of fake news, I came to the conclusion that here is a man who's doing something about it. What did he do? He decided to grab a few of his fellow teachers who felt similarly, and they would write their own history books and start their own not-for-profit company to publish and supply them to schools. So stick with us and hear a most unusual entrepreneurial tale. How one man's passion is correcting the fake history that our kids have been having fed to them for many years. And before the show is over, I will get Mike's opinion on fake news. Is it just another form of fake history only written in the present? Or is it just the other side of a two-sided story? Or is it truly a falsification of some sort? We've all heard it said a thousand times. I don't like this or that. The system is broken. Government doesn't have a clue. Anybody could do it better. But few of us, and I mean very few of us, grab the reins like Mike Van Hecke has done and really change things. So stick with me. It's going to be a very interesting show. But before we get started, I have to make three very quick announcements. First of all, we love your feedback and questions. So leave us a question anytime, 24-7. Our voice line is 844-610-8265. That's 844-610-TALK. Second, like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio. And third, visit our website, thementorsradio.com where you can review all of our show notes and use our links to the guest resources and other things. Of course, it's all free, and you get complete access by going to thementorsradio.com. One other thing I almost forgot. Every show is archived on the site, so you can review today's show as well as any of the other shows we've done over the last year. But now, let me tell you about today's guest, Michael Van Hecke. Mike is a graduate from... Thomas Aquinas College and holds a master's in education from the University of North Texas. He's a seasoned headmaster currently at St. Augustine Academy in Ventura, California, where we're speaking to him today, and also having served in that role in Dallas, Texas and Phoenix, Arizona. He has been featured on the Lou Dobbs television show, I believe when Lou was on CNN, but I'll ask him that. So without further delay, rather, let's get into our topic, History Matters. And a subtopic, which is, is it fake history or fake news? Which is it? So, hello, Mike. How are you? Good morning, Rick. I'm doing great. Thanks. Good, Mike. Well, you know, this is such an interesting topic to me, and our president has made it so topical. Uh, But for us to better understand where you're coming from and how you got where you are, maybe you could tell us a little bit how, why got you into this and what made you a teacher decide to start his own business. Well, that's a long story. How long's your show? No, <laughs> I can I can summarize it pretty quickly. I I was teaching history early in my career, and I ended up with this beautiful looking textbook. And then, within the first month, I, as a teacher who had some affection for history already, found it enormously boring. Uh, you can imagine how much more my students thought it so. So as I started to prepare more for class, uh, pulling extra stories out, trying to give some life to the bones that were in the book, one of the things, it was a Catholic school, and one of the things that was especially missing was any stories or presentation of the church's real role 
in the movement of history and in the story of history. So in my efforts in the library to be pulling things out, I ran across this photocopy of, it turns out, a, a, a compendium of stories of important Catholics throughout history. And so I pulled that off, and I started to go through it, and lo and behold, it was in large part the same people that were in the book, but it was hardly, they were hardly talked about. They, they met, they'd mention a name, but they wouldn't really tell any story of why that person was truly important or the things that person went through in that time of history, why they made this, the decisions they did, what the consequences of those decisions were. So I started to add that to my course, and ultimately... Uh, a couple, what's it? Two years later, I was made a headmaster, and I said, "I'm just going to buy a book for my school with that all already included." Lo and behold, there weren't any. There hadn't been any for at that point. It was over 30 years. Now it's been over 50, and I thought, well, we need to remedy that. Our our Catholic schools should certainly have a a Catholic history to be able to teach from. So working with a couple of friends, we put together the ideas, started to sketch it out, and then a friend of mine passed away and left us some money, which was very nice, and I thought, good, I can produce the first five books. It was $40,000. Well, to rent the artwork for the first book was $33,500. So needless to say, I was woefully short. I uh, didn't really understand what I was getting into, but uh, we've just pushed along the way and through a lot of work and generosity and whatnot, we've made it through. We're now over, what, 15 years in. We have our sixth book just came out. Well, just finished last week, actually. And we are in schools in over 100 dioceses in the United States. That's actually a pretty amazing story, Mike. I mean, I think one of the things, and you know, our, our, our show often talks about mentoring and entrepreneurial kinds of events are very interesting to all of us because we learn what other people had to go through to start businesses, to build something. So along the way today, I hope you do include those kinds of stories, but it sounds like you got lesson one real quickly, money needed to start up. <laughs> Absolutely. So in, in we just only got about a minute left in this segment, Mike, and I just just kind of wondering is uh, you you mentioned Catholic textbooks, and I know the name of your company is Catholic Textbook Projects, but is that because you're inserting some religious connotation into the history, and if so, doesn't that create some sort of a bias? Perfect question. I may need more than a minute to answer, but let me give you the thirty second version. An honest scholarship of history from any lens, will have a fair amount of the Catholic, of people in the Catholic Church's contribution to it. And the fact that because they were Catholic, it drove them to do much of what they did. That has been largely written out of much of the secular history that you find in the modern textbook. Okay, so the it really is you're adding back what you think was taken out. But uh, yep. as I um, said, we were coming up against a break. We're suddenly we're coming against a break right now. So let's pick it up after we get back and stay stay with me because Mike Van Hecke is going to tell us about how his textbooks corrected what's been left out. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap, even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed; it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. 
MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632, 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. Imagine waking up and walking just eight steps to your work. No commute, no traffic. You set your own hours, full-time or part-time. Your choice. Supplement your income, replace your income. It's up to you. Hopeinacan.com can help you get there. These aren't empty promises. When Catherine, a popular hairstylist back east, became ill and needed different work, she became part of the Hope in a Can team. Within two years, she not only regained her health, but also more than replaced her income. Mary, a nurse and mother of nine in the Midwest, quit nursing to be with her family and work from home. Her income put nine children through college. A near-retirement dentist is happily building a post-retirement business. What are your goals? Call now, toll-free to learn more. 855-921-HOPE. That's 855-921-HOPE. Or go to hopeinacan.com. That's hopeinacan.com. Hopeinacan.com. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Well, welcome back. If you just joined us, you're listening to The Mentors Radio. I'm your mentor host for today, Rick Brutico. We're talking with Michael Van Hecke, whose topic is real history and why it matters. Before we hit the break, we were discussing the concept of the Catholic textbook project, and Mike had introduced the fact that certain things that were were important for history had been left out. My question to him was, and he was in the process of answering it, is when you call something Catholic, does that mean you're introducing a new history, a religious history, or a history that's specific to the Catholic doctrines? Um, exactly where where's the differentiation and the delineation that you're not creating history, Mike? Right. Well... We actually, that, that's a problem that we run into in part in our marketing even to Catholic schools. They think that when we say Catholic and we're trying to sell a history book that it's a church history story. And it's, it's anything but that. It is a history book about the story of the world's history. Now, we are writing particularly for Catholic schools, because the Catholic school market is one that is not necessarily tied to the state standards. And so in order to, at least surely here in California and many other states, in order to sell a book, you have to be approved through the state Department of Education. And the state Departments of Education have developed frameworks and standards that have so written out many elements of history that you couldn't get a good sound scholarly history through those boards. So we've chosen to just really write, at least in the first round, to Catholic schools in particular. Now, does that mean, does that mean you're church? mainly se- excuse me, Mike? Excuse me. Does that mean you're mainly selling to uh, Catholic schools, as like like the various archdiocesan schools, or that's, that's um, correct. Okay, and, and 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 while we're on that, let me just ask that question because it's one that come to my mind. Are, uh, are do you have any of the large dioceses, like say here in California? Do you have any of the large dioceses like Los Angeles, places like that? We have, yeah. Los Angeles is a big one. Um, we're in nearly seventy schools in this archdiocese, uh, and as I said earlier, we're in about a hundred school, uh, over a hundred dioceses around the country. Uh, It might be just two or three schools in a diocese. But typically, dioceses do not mandate a a particular textbook, although in this case in particular, we have had some dioceses starting to mandate the book in their, their schools. And there's good reason for that, given the alternative product that's out there. Well, except but, again, again, I and to be kind of me, the devil's advocate in this. Uh, again, I I wonder, you know, so you're adding back st- things that are pertinent to the Catholic uh, religion, I guess, pertinent to them in the sense that it's been left out, 
And certainly having grown up uh, years and years ago, I realized that the, it was the textbooks were filled with uh, stories of, of um, people who were having come from Western Europe were mainly Catholic or at least religious in one, one way or another. Uh, could I also suspect that possibly you're putting in other data as well, like, for example, stuff about the, about, uh, the Puritans and pilgrims and things like that? Or are you stick, sticking to just adding things that are particular to the Catholic Church? We are, we're adding it all and we're subtracting things. <laughs> uh, our principal hope is that what we're producing is a history which is much more scholarly uh, by, by anybody's lens except that of a political activist. Here's, here's where we stand. If any honest scholar looks at history, without the Church, history would not be the same. The story of the last 2,000 years would be vastly different if it were not for the Church and what she's done. If we try to extricate that from the story of history, we're not being honest scholars. Now, we as Catholics will proceed from a certain insight, but it's all verified by the historical science. So we're very careful to make sure that what our history books contain, and it's contained you know, mostly that which other history books could, uh, do contain. And to to verify that, they still meet the standards. You know, they, they meet the vast majority of standards of any state history. But if you try to pull out the the Church's involvement in history, you've actually distorted history. You're mi- misrepresenting history by misrepresenting the church's role in it. So well, I, cer- I certainly agree with that. I agree with that, but let's let's talk about that a little bit, the misrepresentation. Yeah. So for example, uh, something again in California, I know you're in sitting in a mission city, uh, where I'm re- where I'm sitting at is not far from a mission. And uh, if you look up and down the coast of California, there are numerous missions, and all of those missions were really critical to the formation of the state of California. Uh, and in many ways, to so the United States of America, but but they were but today they're talked about in a different sense than they were then. Are you Correct. referring to uh, yes? Are you referring to the fact that they are trying to write them out? They certainly can't write out that they existed. Or are you talking about the fact that they're writing writing them off, so to speak, as more people that were um, taking advantage of the people who were here, as opposed to people that were helping, educating, etc. Both things happen in the creation of history books. Now, in California, we have to have California history, so there's no way that they can write it out of history. Now, in many textbooks, things are written out, but in this particular case, it's not written out, but it's altered. And again, it's altered for what purpose? It's altered generally to advance a political agenda. And what they'll do is they'll look at history and say, and a lot of times they'll look at our own textbooks, say from the 1940s or 50s, early 60s, and they'll say, well, look what you said about the missions and the mission priests back in in your last Catholic history textbook. And they have a point, because whether you're on the right or the left, if you're trying to promote some kind of political agenda and you whitewash things, or you present, say, Catholic triumphalism, that, that's not honest history either. So we do present it, we write it back in, and we put it in in a balanced way. One of the well, greatest... Well, you see, you see, though, that's, this is interesting, because uh, this is, it's actually kind of comical or coincidental, I guess, it just it hasn't been two or three days ago, and I was in with a group of people that are talking, and I wasn't part of the conversation, but I could hear at the next table a very intense conversation going on over what to call the 
uh, what we used to call when I was young, the Indian people, then the Native American people, the indigenous people. I, they were These two people were yelling back and forth at each other. And my point, uh, in as I listened to them, I didn't have a point in the conversation, but as I listened to them, I was thinking to myself, listen, what we call them at one time is not necessarily what we call people today or what we will call them tomorrow. It seems to me history has to reflect what it, what it was at the time that it was done, not what we would like it to do, do today. Is that what you're talking about when, when you say things are written in and out? That, that's, certainly, uh, a, that's certainly a part of it. Um, the oh, there was another point that I was going to get at there, but Sorry. Uh, the the fact that oh, this is it. I think history is such a great story, and it's so important in the formation of each of us as we grow in our understanding of our culture. And one of the one of the best things we learn from history is it's made up by people who make decisions, and those people are complex. There's good people and there's bad people, but the good people have badness in them. They just make the better decision. And the bad people, they have goodness in them too, but they made tragic decisions. So not everybody in the mission system was perfect. They did do bad things. They did make mistakes. But the overarching picture is much brighter than that. Well, we're coming up to a break again now, so uh, we'll ask you after the break, think about this. Is history history? Is it deception? Is it true? Or what? Or is it just a story? So stick with us, and we'll ask our author, publisher, headmaster about history right after we come back from the break. Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. Are you struggling with how to practice your faith at work? Get answers to your questions and much more on the Catholic Business Journal. Focusing on careers and business with a Catholic perspective. That's CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. The Catholic Business Journal, generating a return on principle. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. CatholicBusinessJournal.biz. This is a church, a church that might be like yours, with beautiful stained glass windows. Through the years, time and weather took their toll, so the people in this church went online and found Willethauser Architectural Glass. Willethauser did a free inspection and evaluation of the church's windows. Then their craftsmen, with over 120 years of stained glass design and restoration experience, brought the church's stained glass windows back to life. Willethauser.com. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier, a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence, and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. Bullyofasia.com. And now, 
Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome back again. If you just joined us, we're listening to, you're listening to Mentors Radio, and we're talking to Michael Van Hecke, whose topic is real history and why it matters. Uh, in Michael Van Hecke's world, a man that was a headmaster, a teacher for many years, and decided history books were not uh, accurate, at least fully accurate, decided to start his own nonprofit company and publish his own books. And we were just talking about that right before the break. And I'd like to take you back to that, Mike, if you don't mind. I mean, there's a, there's a concept. I can uh, just allude to this in my own story. I was a, a very technical major, engineering major uh, in college. And one of my electives was American history. I love American history. And I had a fantastic history teacher. One of the reasons he was so good is he told a great story. And often some of the other fellow students of mine would say, one thing I like about Dr. Bilehart's courses are they're entertaining. And that leads me to this. Is history truly history? Is it a rendition uh, a historical, you know, of, of historical matters that really happened? Or is it a good story? Is it true what people say, the victors write the history? Or is the history really history? Oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, history should be first and foremost true. Now, all the, all the stories that you learn from history are all based in truth. And yes, the victor can sort of give his tale of the story, but one of the, one of the important things that we need to keep in mind, especially historians do, they have, they have a profound responsibility to, to try to tell that history of story, something that was true, that did happen with these people at this time. They're supposed to tell it from as accurate and objective of a picture as they can. What happens throughout all of history, and especially today, is we try to impose certain uh, agendas or political judgments or prejudices or enthusiasms or whatever. We can be blinded by those, and then we try to write history according to that. One simple, quick example of that is what's happened uh, just in the last year here in California and the production of the new history social studies framework, where there is an incredibly powerful and aggressive uh, LGBT lobby that is getting many of these things put into textbooks. Uh, one, one company in particular, one of the biggest companies in the United States, actually pulled out. They've decided they're not going to sell or produce textbooks for California during this round, and in large part because the state came back and told them to include certain sentences or phrases in their books. And, and even that company said, first of all, that's, that's not necessarily accurate. <laughs> Second of all, that has nothing to do with that person's role in society. And that's all 100% verifiable because they were talking about uh, a, a, a contemporary person who's very active today in the media industry. Now, why that's actually in the history book is beyond me, but it is. But isn't it, so Mike? Mike, says, but Mike isn't that, that the in. point, we're though? Gonna, we're going to Mike just, isn't. Oh, yeah. go ahead. But but isn't that the exact point? In other words, the fact that they want to put in particular characteristics characteristics of people, well, no matter what those characteristics are, it seems to me are fine if it's historically accurate. So, but, but my question is, is the real thing is what did that person, the one that we're talking about that may have, you know, some other uh, way of describing them, their personality or whatever, uh, their emotional issues, what did that person historically do? And that's the point it seems to me that should be accurate. Whether that, or not that, they're anything exactly else is, is incidental. The, the reason that they're doing it should be accurate. So the fact that they have brown hair is irrelevant, right? Now, if they started a brown hair club, well, then it might be relevant to what they did. If, if they are an important historical figure because they were active in the LGBT 
world and started to change the laws in the United States of America, then that would be relevant, and that could and should be included. But to okay. throw it in there just to start to advance all of these ideas and break down words and all that, that's, that's advancing a political agenda. If, if I'm, a, if I'm a, uh, a sports talk show host, I want to be a sports talk show host because I like sports and I want to advance sports. My, my sexuality has nothing to do with that, right? In, in the case of the broader picture of history, the point is that the church and its philosophy and its science and its history has oodles to do with the motivation, efforts, and actions of major historical events. And that's, you don't just say somebody's Catholic just because they're Catholic. But if, if their being Catholic is of significant purpose to why they do what they do, then of course it should be mentioned and it should be included. And the, the simplest, uh, most blatant figure for all of us is the whole exploration. It was done by missionaries. I mean, much, much of it, right? Yeah, but that, but uh, I, I see. I think, I think that's where, and that's where I'm maybe losing it just a bit here because I, I think I want to say that. Uh, so let's use your example of brown hair. I don't care if you say that uh, Michael Van Hecke has brown hair, and I don't know if you do or you don't, having never met you face to face. But I do care if, you, if Michael Van Hecke has done nothing noteworthy, he shouldn't be there whether his hair is blue, brown, green. It wouldn't matter. If, in fact, he has done something noteworthy, like in this case started his own publishing book, which let's just say ultimately takes over the education system in a good part of the country, then it's okay for them to say, and by the way, he's got brown hair. I mean, I guess, I guess my point is that the modifier doesn't bother me but the fa- the fact that it's not true initially, that's what bothers me, and or the fact that something is 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 overtly omitted seems to be bothered uh, seems to be very bothering. Do you have a comment on that? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I agree with that, and I think actually, of course, the brown hair might add to the story, but. What you'll see in the histories that are out there, and, and just just for record, if you took our book and adjusted about six pages of it, it would be perfectly suitable for any public school. Not that it would pass muster of the State Board of Education, but it would pass board as a wonderful scholarly tool able to be used in any secular school. Well, okay, we're coming up against the break again, and let me just take this point to kind of leave it there right now. But but uh, we want to make sure also that we, whoever these people are, are not creating history, and rather what we are is truly reporting what happened. So I'd like to follow up on that a bit more after the break, if you don't. So stick with me, and we'll ask Mike Van, Le- Van Hecke why when he adds things, we're not creating history, but when others either delete them or add them, they are. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. 
Americans have been traveling down the health insurance highway for decades. But lately, it's been taking us to places we don't want to go. For Christians, it's hard to know which road to take. Or is it? Samaritan Ministries provides a different direction, a biblical path for their members to pray for each other and share financially in each other's medical needs. This idea that Samaritan has adopted from the book of Acts should permeate all parts of our lives, not just health sharing. We, as a body of believers, are living out New Testament Christianity. This is what God intended for the church. Looking for a new direction for your health care? Join the hundreds of thousands of Samaritan Ministries members who are faithfully sharing millions of dollars in medical needs each month. For more information, visit us online at SamaritanMinistries.org. That's SamaritanMinistries.org. And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. Welcome again. We're back talking to Michael Van Hecke, and you're listening to The Mentors Radio. Uh, I'm the host, Rick Brudico, and uh, we're discussing real history and why it matters. And I have to tell you, at the beginning of this show, I thought this was going to be a fairly simple uh, set of questions. But the more I get into it, the more I realize how complex it really is. So, Mike, uh, I'm, I am curious. Uh, we're talking about what's real history it seems to me there are certain things that are factual. So if we want to look back and to put it in current times, the March Madness is going on, we can look at a, a piece of paper and it'll tell us who the top seeds are in each of the sections of the country. And it's simply fact. It is or it isn't. But if we don't go back to some verifiable document, then why is anybody's opinion anything but opinion and not history? Yes. Yeah. You know, when, when I started this and started to try to talk to it, talk about it to people, I found out that talking about history and one's view of history is probably more controversial than religion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, the things I run into. <laughs> I'm sure you do. But what, as I said earlier, we we may be looking at it from that Catholic insight, that we're proceeding from that uh, with an understanding that, that the Church was a profound player in history, and as we've been using textbooks in our classrooms produced by the big publishers, and finding less and less uh, acknowledgement of the Church's role in the, uh, the, the arc of history, we thought, well, they're, they're writing it out of history, and it needs to be back in. So we go back and we look at the story, we look at the historical events, and that takes an awful lot of research. And what it takes is research of documents that were written during that time, documents that were written 50, 100, and 300 years later to see what is the data, what are the verifiable to the point that you can call it a quote-unquote facts of of that event in history. And when you see the undulations of opinions, you can usually divine from those what what the actual facts are. We have always taken pains to run our, our manuscripts by college professors uh, from Notre Dame, St. Louis University, uh, USC, People who are teaching in in large universities, Catholic or non-Catholic, it doesn't matter, to make sure that what we're writing is a good, sound, and true and balanced presentation of that historical event or the, the, the time. And we've been you know, verified all the way through. So that's why I said our, our books, with little adjustment, could fulfill any secular requirement. You know, as a, as a suggestion, it might be that the um, for those people that aren't Catholic, they may not know the, the genesis of the word Catholic. They may, most people think that is a religious <laughs> connotation, but it actually, means, it actually means universal, that's right. And so if you, maybe, maybe you got to somehow, maybe you have to change the name, but the point is simply, 
what I'm getting from this is you've focused on this one thing, but you're also aware of other things that have been come in for political agendas. And those political agendas, are, or like they like to call them today, a political correctness, uh, are in fact probably not history, but are, are more like emotion. Now, sometimes the emotion becomes historical because it creates an event that we then think is significant that we need to report in the future. But it seems to me that brings me you know, back to what I said in the beginning. Is it, is it just two sides of one story or is it really historical? Um, you know, I, I, I think when something's been in our history for hundreds of years, or if you want to talk about the involvement of the Catholic Church in Western history, you certainly can go back to the Roman Empire um, so much so that the Holy Roman Empire was actually was so designated, uh, and it and it's just absolutely uh, no one can deny it that there was a unbelievably large uh, 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 you know focus on that, um, and right. and so it se- it seems to me that this is the important thing that we do report what was at that time so in the year 200 as an example as opposed to what we think about today in the year 2020. That's what a good historian will do. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and what what we see I I don't know. I I mean I'm deeply involved with this, but I talk to a lot of people around the country and and even over in Europe and everybody seems to understand it and admit that textbooks have become much more political indoctrination tools than the stories of history. And that's what we want to really wind back. We want to reproduce a book that is is the story of history. Now, we actually, I, I have a book in front of me. I just opened it up to a random page, and it's the fight for the ratification, ratification of the Constitution. So that's not Catholic, right? No, it's, but, but very it's religious. American history, so that's what <laughs> we're, we're going to be talking about. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it's, it's all there, and... One of the things that we actually have done in the last year is we have uh, we have formed a uh, another branch called JM Educational Group, which will end up producing another strain of our books that can be used in charter schools or public schools around the country that don't have the same state requirements or or Christian schools. So Mike, Mike, let me let me ask you this because we're coming up again, of course, to another break. It always yeah. happens when we get in these in, intriguing questions. But and if we can cover this in the next minute or so, uh, you know, one thing that's very happening a lot, and you're aware of it, and I'm sure that everyone listening to this show today is aware of it. I certainly am. Is that um, there's they're the removing monuments in various places of the country uh, as though the figure never existed, and I I guess I have a lot of problem with that. Uh, the one I'm thinking of most. Most sticks up my mind the most is Robert E. Lee, oh, uh, and yes. many people may not realize that uh, the president, then President Lincoln, actually asked him to lead the federal troops before he decided Virginia seceded and he have to stay with the Virginians. But the, the the problem I have is it's not whether or not you take down the monument; it's the idea that taking down the monument can make the event disappear. Can you comment on that? That that that's a tragedy. Uh, especially with General Lee, because what what better example can you get of an historical figure to look at and see the complexity of decisions that he had to make in order to choose the North or the South? He believed in ideals. He was pious to his homeland. It, it was incredibly painful for him. Uh, and, and and all of those things came into play in in his life and in his decisions and what he did thereafter. And he, very simply, was you know one of the pivotal figures of our American history. So are, are we really going to deny that he existed? That's, that's, <laughs> or that that's he exactly. Had a good purpose? Yeah, that's exactly my point. And one might uh, might argue, and I certainly would, that he was instrumental in bringing the Civil War to an end. If it weren't for Appomattox, who knows where we would have happened. So um, anyway, we're coming up to against a break. And so uh, stick with us. And uh, we want to talk to uh, Michael Van Hecke after the break. And one of the questions I'm going to ask him about is specifically 
What does he think about fake news and how does that relate to what we're talking about today? Stay with us. I had like memory foams, I had feather pillows, and I'd always wake up with neck pain. After sleeping on my pillow, I didn't wake up with the headaches, I was more aligned. I didn't realize the connection between the pillow and sleep. When I switched to my pillow, I got a better night's sleep and I love it. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and it holds that support all night long to take the pressure off your shoulders and keep your neck aligned so you get the best night's sleep of your life. My pillow is machine washable and dryable and comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee and an amazing 10-year warranty. Plus, every my pillow is made in the USA. I personally guarantee that my pillow will be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. MyPillow is now offering 50% off their four-pack special, plus free shipping. Go to MyPillow.com or call 1-800-890-6632 and use promo code MENTORS. That's 50% off plus free shipping. Don't delay. Order now. In classrooms across America, students are not learning the same history you did. Last year, McGraw-Hill apologized for calling slave trade immigration. And a popular world history textbook devotes a full chapter to Islam and Muhammad, but only a few sentences to Christianity and Christ. Recent federal testing shows students are far worse in knowledge of U.S. history than in math. Only 12% of high school students are proficient in U.S. history. Today's history textbooks not only fail to engage, they favor political correctness over true history. This is a serious problem that has a far-reaching impact on our culture and our future. What are your kids and grandkids learning? At CatholicTextbookProject.com, you'll find fresh, accurate, engaging history textbooks. Used in Catholic schools in more than 60 dioceses, these textbooks are highly praised by all, even award-winning secular university professors. Go to CatholicTextbookProject.com to find out why. There's a new book out that will open your eyes in ways you never expected. It's called Bully of Asia by Stephen W. Mosier a critically acclaimed author and internationally recognized authority on China. In Bully of Asia, you'll find insightful and timely commentary on the economic and geopolitical rise of the People's Republic of China. You'll learn what China's aspirations for resurgence and hegemony mean for America and the free world. Bully of Asia is a must-read for anyone concerned about China's growing power and influence and the threat of an increasingly aggressive and militaristic China poses to Western democratic values. To get your copy of Bully of Asia, go to bullyofasia.com. That's bullyofasia.com. Find out why China's dream is the new threat to world order. bullyofasia.com. And now... Back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. If you've just joined us, we're listening to The Mentors Radio, and I'm your mentor host, Rick Brutico. We're talking with Michael Van Hecke, and you have missed one heck of an interesting show. I really encourage you to go to www.thementors.com to uh, listen to this show. Uh, it is, uh, and actually, excuse me, I actually misstated it, thementorsradio.com. Let me say that again, thementorsradio.com. Listen to the entire show. You will realize how difficult this topic is and how convoluted it is. To put it in Mr. Van Hecke's terms, this is more... Uh, active and more opinionated than political thought or religious thought. So uh, with with that, Mike, I just wanted to hit you on, on one thing as you're wrapping up the show here, and that is, uh, you know, today we hear our, uh, our president and others now have picked it up, this so-called comment about fake news. And I always wonder, is it truly fake? Is it, in other words, somebody creating an out-and-out lie or is it, and I'm not asking you to talk on each individual incident, I'm just trying to understand what fake means, how the average person should interpret it, or is it just, you know, my side of the story is real and their side is fake? Do you do you have a comment on that and how it might relate to what you're doing with history? Sure. Uh, I actually have, uh, <laughs> have some personal experience with this. You know, we were uh, victims of a lot of fires here in our backyard, yes. Yes. Um, a lot of Friends lost homes, and and the mudslides up in Montecito. Uh, my best friend passed away in that, and so since he was the first one named, 
we had every major news organization in the country calling all day to talk to me for interviews over the course of the first three days until new names came out. So it was a whirlwind that I wasn't prepared for. And it was about six or seven hours in from the first report that I started to get battered with family and friends trying to find out if I had died. So abcnews.com had reported that I was the one that died. My daughters oh my back east didn't like that very much. No, uh, sure. But once it showed up there on a national website in black and white print, it was true. And so it flew to all sorts of other minor outlets and started to get spread across the United States. They had to retract that. Uh, that's one kind of mistake. That's one kind of fake news. And the other kind is a deliberate one, and that's what we battle the most in, in our country. It's what we battle most in our, uh, our history textbooks, in lots of education that we're, we're trying to participate in, the deliberate destruction or changing of story for a political agenda. Well, thank you for that, and I want to thank you for being my guest today. I, I really admire your work. Uh, I, as I said before, I don't know that it uh, was as easy to understand as I thought it was going to be when we started this. I understand now how it both can be emotionally charged and also how it can be either factual or not factual, and it means that you've got to walk a very narrow line. But you sound like a good, solid historian, so I'm sure you will do it. Um, There's a and, good quick video if anybody wants to see it on our website that also summarizes that all for us with some teachers and uh, Dr. James Hitchcock, a renowned scholar from St. Louis University. Well, let me, tell, let, let me tell the listeners this. The easiest way for you to do that is to go to our website, www.thementorsradio.com. You'll be able to listen to this entire show. You will also have a link there to Michael Van Hecke's uh, site where you can look at the things he's telling you about. I have looked at them. It is very impressive. It is very, uh, it, it makes you understand the difficulties that we have in today's world. So we have to call it, call it a day, as they say. We're running up against the clock. This is your host, Rick Brudico, signing off and remembering every day, in every way, do your part to make our world a little better. And thanks for listening. It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business. To get more information about the program or a sponsor, to download a podcast of today's show, or to leave a question for our host, go to TheMentorsRadio.com. That's www.TheMentorsRadio.com. The preceding program, copyright CBJ, LLC. All rights reserved.